All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, June 27th of 2023 here. Uh, June winding down quickly. That'll put us about halfway through 2023 here uh, really soon within the next week here. So, uh, you know, hope you guys are looking forward to 4th of July, etc. here. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions can come in via support. You can reach us at support at SaberSim.com. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat. You can also post questions in the Office Hours channel. In our Discord server, if you're not in our Discord, there is a link to join in the description of this video. Highly recommend it. Uh, get access to our similar channel. See when lineups come out. See when players are scratched. See when Sims concurrently kick out kick off uh, for that updated information get access to all of the individual sport channels where the rest of the sabers sim team is hanging out answering user questions and uh you know a lot of strategy a lot of other sharp users in the discord so highly recommend taking advantage of that but uh looking ahead to today we've got a 15 game mlb slate it is tuesday so that means uh you know i i don't know about you guys but i'm usually building my golf lineups on wednesday here so we have pga teeing off early thursday morning so you know we'll be looking ahead to uh, uh some pga discussion if, if any questions arise here but with that being said gonna get the app pulled up uh have two questions in the discord here looks like we have one in the youtube chat already so we're gonna knock these out but if anybody has any questions that are on their mind uh now is always a great time to get those questions in so first question from jay sams jr Question says, what does the percentage mean when it comes to a player and what point projections and associated are associated with those percentage numbers? Uh, so good question here. What I believe uh, the question is referring to here is these percentile numbers. So, you know, you see 25th percentile, 50th percentile, 75th percentile, 85th, 95th, and 99th. So what what exactly do these mean, right? What, what information are these numbers conveying i think that's a great question right so let, let's pull up shohei otani uh he is a pitcher i'm pulling up his pitcher uh distribution here and what you're going to see up at the top next to his name is his projections this is average projection if we were to take the average of every single simulation uh how many fantasy points he scored across every single single simulation that we have that's going to come out to 23.1 but that's just one way to look at it right that's the mean that is the average uh what if you want to look at it uh from a different point of view right so another way is looking at it in these uh buckets and and the, we call them percentiles here and basically what a 99th percentile is uh you see that this score is 45.9 so what we're saying is that hey in our simulations uh, Shohei Otani gets at least 45.9 points 1% of the time. So in 1% of our Sims, he is scoring at least 45.9 points. And then, you know, you go down from there, right? 95th percentile is in 5% of our Sims. He's scoring at least 39.8 points here. And so it's, it's a way to visualize 
the upside of these players, right? So without this information, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to so easily um, identify, you know, who, which players on the slate have the most upside. We're showing you this information because we are ultimately using this information uh, when it comes to, to building your lineups. We're not using it in a very like deliberate way. So the way we're using it is, you know, by understanding what these players score um, at their top percentiles in, in their highest scoring Sims. Uh, when we randomly sample those, we're going to get some of those Sims, right? So uh, these are part of the Sim pool here, but this is just a way for users to visualize who on the slate has the highest upside. And maybe, you know, you want to use that to uh, make some determinations about the slate, right? So I don't, I don't do this so much in MLB, but in NBA, you know, I do like to see, you know, who has really high 95th percentiles are those in agreement with the player's ownership? Can I find some low owned plays by comparing upside to ownership to, to salary or something like that and trying to uh, work my way through it that way? So I definitely use that for NBA. I think it's useful. I think it is a cool tool. There are probably ways that other users are using this that I'm not even aware of and, and they're getting value out of that. But that is ultimately what these percentiles are describing to you. All right. Good question to get us kicked off. Uh, next question from Jim. Jim said, good morning. I was wondering if your build process was different when entering multiple of the max three $3 contests on FanDuel. Are there any rules that you use or major differences when entering a 150 max? Uh, so good question here. You know, I, I will say that I am – I, I wouldn't say my process changed. Like the, the buttons that I'm clicking or not clicking, you know, like I'm not adding any rules for three maxes that I'm not having for my 150 maxes. I've talked on the show that the only rule I'm using is the, um, the group automatic if-then rule, so if at least one player from a team with a home run uh, – expectation less than 0.1 and this this 0.1 kind of arbitrary you can dial that into whatever you want you just have to look they need at least two players from the same team here so this is the only rule that i use across all slates sites etc here um the only thing that really changes for me are the decisions that i make in the post build. Uh, so I ran this build earlier. I'm just going to use this as an example, but regardless of whether I'm playing on 150 max or like a three max, you know, I'm still using the right to left approach that we talked about still starting with mini uniques, still going to, you know, stack types, game stacks, team stacks, players in that order. Right. But what a couple things change here. Uh, I can usually get some more mini uniques when I am playing uh, less lineups here. So you know, I usually say I start at five, uh, which which makes sense if I'm playing a uh, 150 lineups, right? But if I'm playing three lineups and I go to five min uniques, I'm still actually only using lineups one, two, and three here. So lineups one, two, and three have at least five players different. So, you know, this, this min uniques isn't really having an impact, right? So I might increase this uh, further here to see, you know, where I start to get different players. And this is pretty cool. You know, I'm at eight mini uniques and I'm using uh, lineups one, three, four. So basically all of these lineups can share one player. And that appears to be uh Shohei Otani here. 
is the only player that is shared and we're using him in two lineups. Um, so let's say, you know, I wanted three lineups with all nine players different. I can increase this to nine, right? And I'm getting lineups one, three, and 20, right? So we have this drop to 20. But, um, you know, so, so one thing about smaller number of lineups, you could get some more mini uniques here. So that's one thing. And then the other thing that I'm doing specifically is, let's say I have some stands that I want to take on the slate. I might be a little open to to not being so aggressive with those because in those smaller field contests, when you look at the sliders here, so if I'm playing a single entry or we said a three max, usually these are like in the 100 to 1K entrant range. Uh, correlation eight, sim diversity five, as opposed to my 150 max, maybe I'm playing like the piggy bank or something, uh, 10 correlation, sim diversity nine here. So sim diversity comes up four ticks for this 150 max, which is pretty significant here. Uh, that just tells me that, you know, I don't need to be so far off of the best plays here. I can play more of the best plays, even if they're a little chalky, that's okay. So maybe there's some low owned team that I'm trying to get to in my 150 maxes to get really different from the field. I, I might be less inclined to force those team that team or those teams into these three lineups here and let Saberson control what teams are getting into my lineups a little more here. So I think that those are like the two big areas where I am being a little more careful or, or different, I would say. So more min uniques and uh, less, what's the word I'm looking for? Opinionated in, in with, with so few lineups here. Right. So those are my big two changes, but uh, good question, Jim. Okay, jumping over to the YouTube chat here. Question from Daniel. Daniel said, hey, had a question about how to best utilize diversification with MLB DFS. I've had bad luck the last month and I'm having trouble doing well on DK MLB. Maybe a quick process breakdown. And then it says, also the one-off rule we use as a base rule, is that a must or is it open to interpretation? Uh, so, so the rule that I just talked about, you did not have to use that rule. Um, I think that, you know, People come on the show like, hey, what's a good baseline rule to start with? If there was one, I would say that, you know, this is a good baseline rule. You definitely don't have to use it. You know, Sabersim is going to handle this for you, right? It's going to give you players that it thinks can are are, are the best plays as a one-off here. Uh, but but one-off curation, you know, is something that a lot of players like to do. Uh, I, I like to set it and forget it. You definitely do not have to use this rule. And then uh, lastly, you know, I, I just want to um, kind of kind of reiterate this. I was talking with somebody in in support about this yesterday here, and uh, let me see if I can just pull this up really quickly here. But but it was an interesting conversation, um, very similar to what we are talking about here at the moment. And doesn't look like I can find it here, unfortunately. But um. But basically, you know, what one thing that I talked about was that in in baseball specifically, right? We did this contest uh, simulation back testing last year. It's how we came up with the DFS profit plan, and what we found was that a player who is a long term winning player, expected to win over a uh, long period of time, very good player, is only going to have six to eight profitable days in a calendar month. And then this player is playing every single day, you know, 30 to 31 days a month. And that that's a lot of losing, right? You're, you are, let's say you're winning six days, you're losing 24. So, you know, you have like a uh, one to four ratio there of, of losing days. So four out of five days, 
you're 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 not even going to be profitable. You're going to lose money. And then when you're profitable, we're not saying that you're going to bink. Like we are saying that you are going to win more money than you lost or than you entered, right? So DFS is this is this really interesting game where the payout structure is is so top heavy that your expectation is probably to lose on most days and and your 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 bankroll tracker should look something like lose 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 win right and you get this big spike and then it's lose 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 win right and then you get these jumps so um it's not like this this straight arrow up it's it's not going to be you know this this steady curve like maybe if you're a, an incredibly good cash game player and all you play is cash like okay you know your your graphs probably not going to look like what I'm what I'm um um interpreting here or or describing but if you are a GPP player and mostly playing tournaments which is what we tell our users to focus on like I can guarantee you your bankroll tracker is going to look very similar to that if you're a good player where you know, you are covering all of your losses and getting profit on those days where you shoot up and have, you know, a top three finish, uh, you bink a contest, something like that. So uh, hang in there, you know, follow our DFS profit plan. It, it's really hard um, to, to you know, win consistently in DFS. Contest selection is so important, which is why we have our DFS profit plan. If you're looking for a couple places to start here, I talked a lot about my process last week here. And then, so so a couple things here. On the homepage of our YouTube channel, we have our DFS Profit Plan. It is a summary video, 17 minutes of our contest selection backtesting here. If you're interested in what that backtesting looked like, in our uh, podcast channel, we have our Behind the Sims playlist. If you come to here, it was actually the first series that we did, episodes one through five, which is how we came up with the DFS Profit Plan. And then if you go to playlists, you go to how to beat MLB DFS in 2023. We have this video down at the bottom. Watch a Saberson coach build MLB DFS lineups. This is Jordan walking through his process from start to finish. Check that video out. And then um, in our newsletter that just went out here, if you guys are are not aware, we recently started a newsletter. Uh, it goes out every Sunday here. It's It's really cool. I would recommend checking it out here. And let me just pull this up. So this is our newsletter that went out um, last Sunday here. And then in this newsletter, it says uh, we have this section called Coach's Corner. This is like a uh, office hours segment from the week here that we are highlighting that we want more users to see here. So this one says we host DFS office hours live on YouTube every Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern to answer your questions. Last week, I showed you my MLB DFS process from start to finish. This is Jordan. This week, Coach Andrew broke down how he approaches his baseball lineup. So this is a segment from office hours here from last week where I talked about my MLB process here and things that I'm thinking about, research builds, test builds, et cetera, here. So over on the YouTube channel, um, it is this office hours segment, DFS Q&A, a walkthrough of Andrew's MLB process. You can find it under the office hours playlist here. And then if you click into the description, you can see these timestamps and it's at the 220 timestamp where we start this segment. So I would, you know, um, check out Jordan's video, 
check out me walking through it on last week's office hours, get some ideas here. And then just remember that contest selection is the most important. And then, you know, uh, try and, uh, tame your expectations about how often you're going to win. I remember that, you know, this is probably like my favorite story from this last NFL season. We had a user who won, uh, some, some tournament in the NFL playoffs in like January. And I think the user won like $15,000 and they posted it in discord and they were like, I lost money every single week of the NFL regular season. And this one win covered all of my losses and made me a profitable for this season. And that is like DFS in a nutshell. Like you lose every single Sunday, right? All 18 weeks, you feel terrible. It's been, you know, September through December, you just lost. But hey, this user stuck with it, kept grinding, kept getting better. And then in January, they got their bink. And then if you were to look at their roto tracker and, and go and see, oh, you know, this guy had, you know, I, I don't know what, but let's say, you know, a 10% ROI in NFL season, he must have had a solid season. And, and you know, it just takes that that one victory to to pay for a season, to profit for a season. And that is just like the nature of DFS, unfortunately. So hang in there, Daniel. Uh, I expect to uh, hear good, good things from you. I know that you've had some success in the past here. All right. Anthony said, after doing a quick swap and applying the players that were changed, does it rebuild those lineups or is it best to do a new build for all your lineups? Okay, good question here. So if you do a quick swap, so what is going to happen is, you know, let's say that there's an out player in in one of the later games, right? You come back to Saberson, the red lightning bolt is going to, the red lightning bolt looks at who is in your lineup CSV and then it checks their status. And then if there's a player who is in your CSV, and their status is out, like they're out of the lineup, they have a zero projection is actually how it works. Um, this red lightning bolt will activate. It'll turn red. And then it will uh, notify you like, hey, you know, this player has zero projection. You know, do you want to swap them out? When you go to swap the player out, you can, uh, you know, use best from same team or best available. Once you hit apply, it is going to swap those players out. And then you're going to hit download and then you can upload that file to, you know, say DraftKings here. And then it will um, have the new players that got swapped out for the out players. Right. But from there, uh, what, what you can do here. So let's say that, you know, you're, you're the first thing that you do, you want to get a quick swap. You want to just make sure you get those players out of your lineup. I think that's fine. So then you go, you upload that to DraftKings and then boom, now you're good. Uh, if you, don't want to rebuild your lineups, you're done at that point and and you're fine. The way I like to the way the way I determine this personally is how how many lineups I have with those players. So let's say I have a 150 max contest here and I have a player in uh three lineups, so that's like two percent. I'm I'm fine doing a quick swap, leaving it going away. But let's say I have a player in, you know, 10% of my lineups, 20% of my lineups. Okay, you know, maybe I don't want to do a quick swap. Maybe instead I want to do a late swap. But what I like to do is in once the slate starts, this late swap will be activated automatically. When you have a CSV in here, you'll get this option. It'll say swap players, swap lineups without players only. So what it'll do is it'll take those, you know, 10% of lineups 
isolate those from your other 90% of lineups and then only re rebuild the 10% that have the out player. And the reason I like that is because, you know, all the work that you've already done, uh, dialing in your lineups, you know, making all your adjustments, none of that work will go away for the 90% if you're only rebuilding the 10%, right? But if you rebuild it all together, then you're going to have to redo all that work for your entire set of lineups here. So I don't love doing that personally here. Uh, I would like to just focus on the lineups that have the out player and then rebuild those. If, if, if we're talking about a different sport like NBA, you know, NBA is a totally different beast. Uh, one player getting ruled out really changes the entire slate dynamics. So I would rebuild all of my lineups if this was NBA. But since we are playing MLB, you know, one player, uh, you know, Nolan Arenado getting uh, the day off for the Cardinals is, is not going to change the entire slate dynamics here. But it might, you know, you might want to reconsider some of your St. Louis stacks here, right? So that is why I like to rebuild lineups without players only here. And I, I think I answered your question, Anthony. Uh, if I didn't, let me know and I can clarify it here for you. But with that being said, we are all caught up with questions at the moment. See a lot of people tuning in here. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Uh, if you guys have any questions that are on your mind, uh, please get those in the chat. You know, I'm sure somebody else in the community has that question, is thinking about that question, uh, but just hasn't asked it yet. So if you guys have any questions you guys want to get in, now is a great time to do that while I talk about Owner's Box. But while we wait, uh, if you guys are not playing over on Owner's Box, highly recommend taking advantage of it. Contests continue to overlay frequently here. You'll find contests where they are paying you to play rake-free contests or even reduced rate contests. The competition is softer than what you were going to find on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo here. Uh, SaberSim was the first major optimizer to support Owner's Box here. Owner's Box is a smaller up-and-coming DFS site here. I, you know, I really think that they're going to get a lot of growth come NFL NBA season here. So take advantage of this overlay of these soft contests while it lasts here. But when you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, when you sign up, one, you can get a $500 deposit bonus. And then two, you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing over on Owner's Box and nothing else. So each time you hit one of our entry fee thresholds here, we will reach out to you, ask you if you want to cash in on a free month here. If you do decide to cash in, we will reset your tracking to zero. And then you can uh, start earning towards your next free month right away. There is no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn here. So highly recommend taking advantage of this promotion while it lasts. Uh, but with that said, with, with no more questions coming in, I just want to remind you guys, you know, if you guys are building lineups throughout the day and a question pops in your head, just drop it in the office hours channel, let it sit there until tomorrow, get us a steady queue of questions to get started with on our next show here. And we always appreciate the extra questions. I want to do this show for you guys, you know, as long as possible each and every day, but until then take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.